Hey everybody, this is Greg. And this is Matt, and we are Record Mashup. We are excited to be here in New Year. It's 2021. We're coming at you with a new revamped. Actually, it's not new and revamped. It's the same show. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> as I say, we're Record Mashup. If you haven't already, check this out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, check out our YouTube channel if you haven't checked that out before. It's basically the same show, but you get to watch us do it. So, Greg, what do we got lined up for this week? What's our theme? So this week, we're going to be talking about cars. And with that, I will be discussing Sir Mix-a-Lot's My Hoopty. And Matt, what you got? We're going to do Mustang Sally. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the original version of the song, but specific, uh, more or less, we're going to talk about the Wilson Pickett version uh, that was really the most, the most popular version of the song. Uh, let's dive into it. Uh, Mustang Sally, love this song. I remember listening to it as a kid all the time. That you know that chorus, ride Sally, ride. Um, <laughs> um, just just a great iconic line that, that really sticks with you. But yeah, song, and for for that line, sorry, I know we're kind of getting ahead of it, but um, yeah, it's all good. Well, looking up about that, I guess the inspiration from that came from the that like nursery rhyme or whatever yeah um yeah. what is it called little uh little sally parker i guess that's where it kind of came up but when they're writing the song like the original one that's yeah my understanding is it was some kind of children's game little sally walker i've never heard of it, it it's like a nursery rhyme type thing okay gotcha so from i don't know many people made it i couldn't find like a source for the song all gotcha. that kept coming up was some Iggy Azalea song, and that wasn't really <laughs> for me. <laughs> All right. Well, okay then. Uh, yeah. So diving in, <laughs> uh, it's a this is a, an R and B song uh, that was written in 1965 by uh, an artist who went by the stage name Sir Mac Rice. And Mac was the, the first person to record and release this song, as I said, May of 65. Um, was, it was actually, it was a, it turned it well, his version did, but it was not the most popular version. The most popular version was, was Wilson Pickett's mm -hmm. cover of the song. But, but a little bit of an interesting story to, to Rice's inspiration for the song. He was uh, visiting a friend of his, Della Reese, who was also an American jazz and gospel singer in the Detroit area, I believe. Yep. And while he was visiting her, uh, Della Reese was considering buying a new Lincoln car for her drummer and band leader, Calvin Shields. Well, Rice and a few of the other members of the band were teasing Shields about the fact that she was going to buy him a car and all this, and uh, specifically a Lincoln. And Shields said, well, I don't even want a Lincoln. I'd rather have a Mustang. And what was interesting was Rice had actually never heard of the Mustang before because it had only come out just a year before this. Mm -hmm. And so he started teasing Shields. I, you know, we all know the Mustang now. I mean, you know, classic Ford uh, muscle car. Um, but, but, you know, you imagine the car is brand new. You don't know what it is. You, you know compared to a Lincoln, it was significantly smaller. And he started teasing him about wanting a small car. I'm sure there were. Yeah. If you haven't ever had a Lincoln or been in a Lincoln, those things are giant boats. Like yeah. they're, they're <laughs> wide, they're roomy, they're long. 
Like they're they're big cars. Yeah, I'm just imagining though the fact that he was teasing him about the size of the car. I feel like there's an underlying tone there. Uh, I'm I'm almost certain that's what was going on. Didn't read that in the article. I'm just reading through the lines here, but you know, I'm pretty sure that's what was happening. Uh, but anyway, so but he ultimately this the story and this this conversation with these uh, with Della Della Reese's bandmates inspired him to write a song, which he actually originally. T- uh, called Mustang Mama. And uh, what's interesting is uh, Mac, Mac Rice was uh, part of the, the early R&B, uh, you know, early artists that were coming up during this time. And one of those was actually Aretha Franklin, the, the Queen of Soul. And she was actually the one that suggested to him that he should actually name the song Mustang Sally, based on the fact that that was the name that that he had used in the chorus. And so that's where the the name Mustang Sally came from. So we have Aretha Franklin to thank for that. But um, anyway, as I say, Mac, uh, Sir Mac Rice recorded the song in May of 65. It actually did fairly well. It actually charted at um, number 15 on the US R&B charts. Um, as far as I could tell, that was the only chart it made, but still 15 on the R&B charts, not bad. Yeah, I do not. I don't knock that at all. <laughs> yeah. So uh, anyway, but uh, anyway, at that point, Wilson Pickett, he decided he wanted to pick up the song and do a cover of it, released it less than a year later in 66 on his album, The Wicked Picket. And that's the version of the song that we've all come to, to know and love. And what's interesting is I actually found out that Sir Mac Rice and, and Wilson Pickett had actually sung together in a group back in the early 60s, uh, the Detroit group called the Falcons. Never heard of them before. Uh, but anyway, they, the two knew each other. And, and I imagine that, that you know, Sir Mac Rice had no issues with, with Pickett covering the song. But Pickett's version had actually also been produced by Jerry Wexler, who, if you don't know who Jerry Wexler was, uh, this dude was famous music producer. He's actually the guy that coined the phrase rhythm and blues. Um, you know, I've never seen anybody else call him that, but you could almost call him probably the father or grandfather of R&B. Um, you know, so really, really knew his stuff and, and, and had his hand in a lot of big artists of the day. He did a lot of work with Aretha Franklin, for example. Um, so great music producer. Uh, so that's kind of the backstory of the song. Um, but let's, let's jump into the lyrics. Uh, the first, the first verse is really, I should say too, this is not a complicated song. The first verse is basically that, you, you know, Sally's out riding around in her new Mustang and, and, you know, the, the, the narrator, I suppose you could say of the song uh, is basically telling her she needs to slow down, you know, she's going too fast, um, et cetera, et cetera. And we already talked a little bit about how the chorus, so you go into the chorus and you get that, that, ride, uh, that, that phrase, ride, Sally, ride. And yes, as Greg said, it, it came from a children's game called Little Sally Walker or Rhyme, Nursery Rhyme. I don't, I'm not exactly sure what it is. Like I said, I've never heard of it. But uh, anyway, all she wants to do is she wants to ride around. Now, Greg, I don't know what your personal history of this song was, but I remember growing up, I always thought it was ride comma sally ride the person 
uh, who was the first, if you don't know who Sally Ride was, she was the first version, or first woman, excuse me, the first woman to actually go into space aboard the Space Shuttle Challenger in 1983. I did not take it that way. I took it ride, comma, Sally, comma, ride. Okay, yeah. I, I honestly didn't was, even know she was the first person, the first woman in space. So I, I feel like I need to update my his, history on, uh, on on space travel. Who, well, who's gone to space? Like I like space travel and things like that. I don't really pay attention who goes up there. I sure. would just like to be one of the people that does go up there. You know? Hey, you never know. Maybe <laughs> uh, maybe with Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos, they're. Uh, the SpaceX and Blue Origin, I think, are the two companies. Yeah, I'm not sure what Bezos is. I, I know, yeah, Elon Musk has uh, SpaceX. One day. <laughs> of course, I'm sure it'll be a ton of money. But oh, maybe, after our, maybe after our podcast blows up, we'll, we'll be able to afford it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, um, yeah, but that was growing up. That was, that was what I always thought the song was talking about. You know, I obviously wasn't even born at the time when Sally Ride went into space. So it was that happened before I was born. So when I grew up, it, it, I don't know, it seems logical to me, but, and I'm not the only one that thought this because apparently when the space shuttle challenger took off with Sally Ride on board, there were a number of folks in the crowd wearing t-shirts with the phrase ride Sally Ride on it, uh, which was kind of cool. So, yeah. Uh, anyway, jumping back into the lyrics, uh, we go into verse two. Uh, and this is where we get a little bit more backstory in the song. Uh, we find out that the narrator is the one that bought Sally this 1965 Mustang. And now she's not letting him you know, ride in it with her. She's off joyriding across town. And, and he, he repeats this line again that, you know, she needs to slow down and put her feet on the ground. Um, just this idea that, hey, you know, it, you know, yeah, you're having fun, but, you know, take it easy. You don't have to go full steam. So that's pretty much the song on the surface. Now, sounds like the guy who's narrating um, is boring. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, okay. Just, so just let, her, just let her drive the Mustang, man. Just yeah. Go. <laughs> I think it's it's interesting. I I I think this the this, the meaning of this song is is exactly what it is. It it you know especially knowing the backstory of of the story of how it was written and so forth. And, you know, about how, you know, it was talking about how this band never wanted a, a Ford Mustang. And I think it's just that it's that, you know, someone riding around town. And I mean, Greg, you and I, we've both bought cars before me more recently than you, but, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's not that old. It's only 2014. Yeah. <laughs> For those that don't know, my wife and I just bought a new car right before the holidays. So, uh, but anyway, um, but you know how it is. You get a new car, you want to go ride it all the time or drive it all the time. You know, you're excited about it. You know, you're you're wanting to you know learn all the new bells and whistles that are in it. I got a nice speaker system in my car, and I wanted to use it. Exactly. Now <laughs> imagine imagine you get a Ford Mustang, you know, or some other kind of sports sports car. Of course, you're going to want to take that thing out for a spin and all the time. I mean, who wouldn't? So I think that's what the song's about. However, there are some interpretations that this song is about a 
woman who's running all over town and meeting up with multiple men, which, and that's why the narrator saying, hey, you need to slow down, you need, you know, you need to relax, you don't need to be running all over town. Um, so take that for what you will. I don't buy that interpretation knowing the backstory of, of you know, the inspiration for the song, but that is an interpretation that's out there. So, uh, anyway, that's the song. Yeah. Um, pretty, pretty simple song. I feel, I feel like this is a common theme over the past couple of uh, episodes we've done. We've picked some pretty simple songs. Yeah, there's not a lot of complexity to them, but yeah. I don't know, but they're they're still good songs. They're catchy. Um, I don't know. I just think this is a fun song. Yeah, you don't need a lot of complexity to the songs. Is no, for, I don't think for it so. To be either. like good, exactly. And I think musically, you know, we don't we don't always talk about you know the instrumentation or anything of songs, but it's uh it, this is different. I think from other songs we've done. It's a rhythm and blues song. It's um. It's not very, it doesn't have a lot of depth to it. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I'm not a music expert. We've talked about that before, but it just, it doesn't feel like there's a lot of instrumentation to it. It feels very easy going. Um, it's just a feel good song. Yeah, it's just a really mellow song. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we already mentioned how Rice is the, the original, the writer of the song, his version charted uh, 15 on the R&B charts, but Pickett's version, the, the, the famous version, actually hit number six on the R&B charts and number 23 on the pop charts. So it actually crossed over and hit number four in Canada and number 28 in the UK. Um, but this song has had a lot of accolades. Uh, the song was actually inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame in 2000. Uh, Rolling Stone in 2004 listed at number 434. 434 on its list of 500 greatest songs of all time. Uh, although they did they did bump it up or drop it, I suppose, to 441 when they updated the list in 2010. But still, on the list of 500 greatest songs of all time, according to Rolling Stones. Yeah, how many songs can you say you have on the 500 greatest songs of all time? Zero. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so definitely uh, they got a one-up on us there. But... Um, but yeah, the uh, the song uh, has been shown in several TV shows, and it was covered by the band The Commitments in the film called The Commitments, which I've never heard of. But uh, anyway, uh, so yeah, great song. Um, side note, Greg. So the Ford Mustang introduced at the New York World's Fair the year before the song came out, April 17th, 1964. Do you know what its starting price was in 1964? 7,000. No, much less actually. A little 3, less than 2,400. 2,400. Yeah. So in 1964, you could have bought a Ford Mustang for a little less than $2,400. I feel like that's how much it should be now because, like, I, I don't know about you, but me growing up, like, literally everyone had a Mustang because they yeah, thought they're they like hot shots in the town. They're like, oh man, I've got a Mustang. And like, I mean, they're they're like newer Mustangs. It's not like they're the old muscle car Mustangs. Yeah. So it's like those old 2000 ones that yeah. I didn't think were very impressive or anything. Like newer Mustangs and the old muscle car Mustangs, love them. The yeah. old like 2000s Mustangs, kind of they're like they're like the Toyota Camry of the 2000s. 
because like <laughs> everyone owned one. By the way, I own a Toyota Camry and I love it. So don't, the knock on Toyota. don't knock on Toyota and the Camry, but like everyone owns one. And that's how I felt about them. Like, be, like in high school, uh, like June or like freshman year of college, like everyone had one. Yeah, well, and I'm not a car expert by any means. Um, I did a little bit of research for this episode, and that's about it. But I know that there's like the the Ford Mustang, and there's like the GT version, right? And yeah. I think, I think my understanding is like the GT has like more power. It's uh, more horsepower. And, yeah. Um, I presume that makes it more expensive. So I feel like car. Yeah, so I feel like a lot of the Mustangs that you would see, what you're talking, about, and I agree with you. I I agree. Like it was kind of the um i guess the accessible sports car i guess you could call it yeah because it was cheaper than like a camaro or corvette for sure yeah it it still has the horsepower that you need to be considered i guess a sports car but yeah but it's just more accessible to like your normal everyday person and that's why yeah it was so common yeah no No one had like a souped up mustangs or anything they (laughs) had like the normal base version because i think the base version was like twenty five thousand or something like that and everyone's like, oh, this is so cool. It's like, dude, like, I spent, like, half of what you did on that. And I, my car is, like, twice as good as yours. It's a Camry. Like, yeah. come on, man. <laughs> yeah. No, I hear you. So, uh, yeah, so that's pretty much it. Um, I don't know if you have any other random facts or if you want I to jump in. not. Uh, well, you want to jump into to my hoopty? Yeah, let's do it. All right, so Sir Makes a Lot. A lot of people, I think, know him based off of the song Baby Got Back. But he obviously had more songs than just that one. He was not a one-hit wonder. He has had other songs. He had influences in other places throughout his career. And Baby Got Back was actually off his third album. Actually, I believe it was his third album. Um, And My Hoopty was off his second studio album. So first off, this was in the era of green screens and the music video is phenomenal. It is your typical 80s music video with like green screen usage and people dancing around and stuff. So make sure you check it out just for the nice 80s nostalgia. If you were not around in early 90s, getting used to like the the 80s stuff or, or before the early 90s, maybe you're a 2000s baby or something, go check it out. It's great stuff. So getting into it. God, I'm about to sneeze. This is going to be awful. Sorry. Okay. Thank you. All right. Get into it. So Sir Mix a lot just starts talking about his hoopty. If you don't know what a hoopty is, I'll school you on some education. It's a car. It's not really schooling you on any education. I know it's just a car. So he's talking about his car basically. So he starts a big talk. <laughs> he starts off talking about how uh, his tailpipe's dragging, the heat don't work. It's a it's a 1969 Buick, and he's got one hubcap because the other three got stolen. So he's painting a real good picture that this car is kind of trash. Um, I'm I'm just gonna say it out loud. Like most people wouldn't call a nice car a hoopty. Hoopty is usually like a uh, more more busted car <laughs> yeah and if you if you watch the video that's pretty clear <laughs> yep you, you know his his bumper is shook loose uh let's see he's got mismatched tires 
and like he he went like in in the video they they show it but he talks about like his his friends like they get in his car they're eating like food in his car got the quarter pounder throwing the pickles on the rug just disgusting on the inside um his tabs are expired let's see yeah girls try to diss my car say say it looks tired so he, he he's not having any of that he's got a tinted back window with a bubble in the middle so if you ever had tinted windows you, you have to it's kind of like the the film that you put on your phone case or on your phone that protects the screen so you got to put it on perfectly you got smooth out get the bubbles out but he's just got a big giant bubble in the back of his window that it just doesn't look good no so and then he talks about whose car is this possibly won't say but he gets into it and he says it's by hoopty so it is his car and definitively is sir mix a lot's car um and then he he continues to uh go on about his car and it's a four-door nightmare trunk lock stuck he's got the big dice in the mirror if you don't remember the the big like fuzzy dice in the mirror um it reminds me of the austin powers movie yeah austin (laughs) powers is a perfect example and then and then there's the what's the line call for something I think I don't know if you've seen the trucks that have like the ball sack that's hanging from the trailer hitch. Yes. Have you seen those? I feel yeah. like dice were like the 80s version of that. Just dice all, all on everyone's. I see it on like everyone's truck nowadays, the, the ball sack thing. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think it's yeah. the the precursor to that. Yeah. <laughs> uh see, something on the left front wheel keeps clicking, like, man, like. If I had to drive a car like that, I would be scared for my life. You know, I anytime I hear a noise in my car, I like freak out. I'm like, oh man, I gotta take it to the auto shop now. By the way, I don't have time to fix my own car. I'm I'm too I'm not good enough for that. <laughs> <laughs> I can change my brakes and change my oil. That's about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, cars nowadays too are so complex with the number of electronics and everything in them. Yeah, I just um, I don't. I don't want to screw it up more than it already is. <laughs> but get get it to the second verse. All right. He talks about cars barely moving. Uh his ex-girlfriend shot out his headlight. So he uh so he bashed a pedal and ran her over. <laughs> I mean, I guess at that point it doesn't really matter if you hit her because your car's already so messed up. What's it's a very dent gonna be? Except for her, but yeah. Yeah, except for her. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean that, so, all right. So if you get mad at someone, please do not run them over. I'm not yeah. saying that it's okay to run someone over with your car because that is actually against the law and it's attempted murder. So please do not do that. Go to like marriage counseling or just like a couple's counselor or something like that. You don't need to run them over. Get a peer mediator. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Um. All right, yeah, flip, flip the skis off, dub, dub girl starts crying. Well, that makes sense because she got ran over by a car and then she called the cops. Uh, anyways, they, they keep going. Some young punk flips them off and then 
um, they stop the car and then some of the south side goes and gets hurt. So they just basically flipped him off and then they got beat up by his posse. So turns out, don't be a dick to people, especially when you're by yourself and you don't know them because you don't know what other people are going to do. Public service announcement. Be nice. (laughs) Um, All right. So uh, they get back in their car. They keep going, riding real fast. So this line talks about he's got mismatched tires, which you already mentioned. He's got two Vogues on the left and a Uniroyal on the right. So Vogues and Uniroyal are two different uh, types of tires, and they look different. And from what I got is basically if you have the – if you have mismatched tires, usually that's an indicator for like cops to kind of pick up on you. Um, it's not really saying that they are, but those are like types of things that are going for. Like if you ever read the study on red cars are the most picked up by cops because they are seen as going faster because red is a faster color. It's a study. Don't believe me. I don't know. Just look it up. I might be wrong. I might, I might have uh, yeah. gotten a false. Sense I've actually there, never heard that. Just indicators. Yeah, I've always heard that it affects your insurance rates. Uh, I hadn't heard it from the, you know, the speeding ticket. What the red, the red car thing? Yeah, yeah. I think, I think it affects your insurance rates because people see red yeah. cars as like the cars that you would be like sports cars where people go faster and things like that. That would be a, a logical correlation. Yeah. And while <laughs> red, while colors cannot be faster than each other, it, I think it's just the the Perception. idea, like the psychological idea that someone in a red car is going to drive more rec- recklessly and faster than someone in a not red car. Yeah. No, that I, that makes sense. It's just, it's, it's their perception or people's perception of it. Yes. Yeah, so that's just kind of some of the indicators that like cops are looking for. Um, and that he kind of touched on also. <laughs> One of my favorite lines is, this is, <laughs> this is why a sport when you call me big headed, a pothole crusher, red light rusher. <laughs> First off, <laughs> uh, so he's from Washington. I'm not actually sure how, um, how bad the roads are, but I know growing up in, in Detroit, like, the roads are significantly terrible there. Uh, they're not in the top 10 list in the country or anything, but they're probably close to that. And if it's anything like that, yeah, you're going to crush the potholes with your car driving around. I now, feel like that's red- just a, a problem with like inner city roads. And yeah, general. like yeah. I, I've like I've people been... here in Connecticut complain about how crappy the roads are and everything. I'm like, look, man, these roads here are like immaculate compared to michigan detroit roads and yeah the people here have no room to complain like it's insane yeah because i've driven on some roads in like dc or richmond before that are just atrocious (laughs) but anyway yeah uh red light rusher once again psa public service announcement don't run red lights because it's illegal and you risk and you get tickets or god forbid you might kill someone or yourself uh, or both yeah or or both yeah 
And he even says in the next line that he's plowing over suckers. So <laughs> he obviously has no care of this car. I mean, to be fair, and, and this goes into his next line, this thing's a three-ton monster. I mean, like, this thing was a beast. It was not a car you wanted to, to have a run in with. <laughs> yeah, he said it was a 1969 Buick. And yeah, like 1969 Buick uh, Electra 225. Quick pop quiz for you, Greg. What did it retail for? 6,800. Oh, I, I just looked it up. It's 4,800. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it actually weighed 4,300 pounds, so not quite three tons. More about two tons. Yeah. But so, still still a heavy car. Like, you, you got that thing coming at you? Well, and you don't know. I mean, you got to think, too, there's a number of people in it. So maybe, like, with the, the, all the added weight. Yeah, he. I think he says somewhere in here that there's eight people in the car. Well, there you go. There's your other so half a ton to a ton. Yeah. <laughs> but let's just assume. They all look like they're pretty big dudes there in the car. So, like, you got... 200 pounds per person that's 1600 pounds that's like another ton sure yeah, yeah. i could buy it close enough yeah it rounds up <laughs> um so i'm not sure how he's gonna do this but he says he's gonna snatch your girly but let's be honest that that car man come on that's not helping you at all uh the cop says the car spoke but he won't listen it's six nine deuce so the hell with admissions so Cars, I guess, prior to, I think it was 1970, did not meet Washington um, emission laws. Yeah. So any, any car before that, it did better what it did. It, it was just kind of kind of bad on that end. So he keeps talking about how he's rolling through different areas. He's talk, he says he's thinking I'm a rock star slinging them packets. So that's actually uh, him talking about selling drugs. So selling, selling rocks and slinging them packets. And then he keeps talking about just uh, he hits the I-5 with the dope cassette. So he hits the highway with, with a good, uh, good music playing. Trying to find a spot where he could hunt for sex. So he found a little club called the NCO. So NCO, if you don't know, means non-commissioned officer in the military. And from what I've found, this NCO refers to the Fort Lewis NCO, which was also the Fort Lewis Officers Club that was formerly located in Tacoma, Washington at Fort Lewis. Hmm. And what, so when he was talking about military and competition, that he was actually referring to military. Interesting. He's not really phased because he, he has a lot of game rolled up. Talk about his name is Mix a lot. Uh, and then kind of going into the next verse where he talks about he's running out of gas, he's stuck in traffic, he's in the far left lane. And then he's his carburetor's full of soot. Like, it, this thing's falling apart, basically, throughout the whole song. It's sputtering. The, the car's kind of 
kind of dying because it's uh, low on gas and tanks on E. And then the, the cops come, come up to him also, and he's talking about how he doesn't look anything like Noriega. And if you don't know who Noriega is, he was, he was a um, politician, military officer for in Panama. And then I just lost where I was at. And then the cop takes all their licenses and say, says that they all look like Tyson, which is, I, I don't know, my, my opinion, that's pretty racist. Just saying all black people look the same. Yeah, that was, um, that was my take on that too. <laughs> <laughs> but but if, you want, if you watch the video, it, I think they're kind of give the statement of like, it's a white cop, just kind of say they all look the same. Yeah, I, I feel like that was pretty common in uh, 80s, early 90s hip hop music. And I, I would say still now now today. So guy got his uh, little political statement in there. If you if you want to call it a political statement. Yeah. And, but he did it in a humorous way. Yeah. Was, um, yeah. And then from there, he's let go. And that's the story of his hoopty. Basically telling his story of his ride through this uh, hunk of a piece of steel. <laughs> yeah, try to run people over and stuff. So there, there weren't too many facts on this one. This was off his second album, came out in 1989. He, the song did chart at 49 on the hot R&B and hip hop songs, and number seven on hot rap songs. So it, it did fairly well in its time. And like I said, he's not a one-hit wonder. I think a lot of people, at least that I interact with, don't – a lot of people I interact with don't know anything about rap music anyways or hip-hop or R&B or anything. Right. So I just don't think they – they're like, – like some people I, I talked to thought the Anaconda song, I don't know if you've heard that, by Nicki Minaj, was yeah. like – that was the first time they heard baby got back and that's the first time they ever heard a sir mix a lot and i was like no this dude's like he he's from way back yeah like, i i can't say that i never heard this song before but i've definitely heard the phrase like my hoopty and knew that it referred to a, a car so i yeah. like i don't know if that's a phrase that he coined with this song or if um you know that was a common phrase prior um, but it's definitely something that I, you know, had heard of before. Yeah. Um, so I just looked it up really quick. They, uh, the assertion that Hoopty first appeared as a slang in the African-American community, community would fit with popularization of the term in a number of rap and hip hop songs, most notably the 1990 My Hoopties, or My Hoopty by Sir Mix-a-Lot. So huh. So he's the this, really kind of yeah. It's but I also found on Urban Dictionary that dates back to the 1950s. Okay. So it's probably it sounds like it was a phrase that was around, but he's the one that really kind of brought it into the pop culture mainstream. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. So that's a pretty cool legacy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Aside so, from Aside from that, I didn't have really anything crazy about his song. I thought it was a fun listen. It's it's a lot more fun to uh, watch the music video. So if you're like me or some other people, I, I like music videos. So I'll 
like hop on YouTube and like play a game, have the music video playing and watch the music video while I'm playing a game or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think, uh, you know, I, I don't know if we've, we haven't really done this much our last few episodes, but, you know, comparing the two songs, uh, you know, I think that both songs, if you think about the stories they tell, it's literally about people just riding around in their car. Yeah. <laughs> that's very, like that's, very different takes on it. Yeah. And very different tones to the song. Yeah. But it's the same. They're just riding in your car. <laughs> yeah. So, well, and one, the Sir Vexilat is saying, like, I don't care. I'm going to run you over. While in the other one, Sally's going too fast or whatever, however you interpret it. And the guy is saying, hey, you actually need to slow down. So I feel like the Mustang Sally is more of a PSA. And, uh, <laughs> Public service <laughs> announcement. Sorry, I keep saying PSA. Some people don't know what that means. Um, and Sir Bexalot is more like, I don't care. I'm just, yeah. I'm, I'm going to live my life like I want to live my life. Yeah. No, I hear you. So, but no, I was, I agree. They were both fun songs, and uh, they were fun to listen to. Yeah. So, makes you want to go for a joyride. <laughs> <laughs> I did enough driving today. I'm I'm like exhausted. I uh, I worked out yesterday. I just got back into working out, so I was like dead yesterday. And I had to get up at five this morning to get into work to do some training in the morning. Is oh, I'm exhausted. I'm I don't need to get in the car again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But well, Matt, uh, did you have anything else for the songs? No, no. I said fun songs, okay. and uh, it's uh, it's good to be back in in a new year. Yeah, I just I just wanted to add before we get into anything, I'd like to make a shout out to Secret Lab. So I talked to Matt about this. I talked to a couple other people. I wanted a new chair. My chair was falling apart and was uncomfortable. So I just bought the Secret Lab Omega chair. I got the fabric weave one and amazing. Just simply amazing. I would I would sleep in this over my bed if my wife would let me. It's so comfortable. And, you know, I've got got the cookies and cream lines. It it goes up and down, you know, like it's got everything that you need. And it definitely supports you too. And the, this chair is actually quite big. So like, I mean, if you're like, if you go by their like specifications online, like you'll definitely fit in their chair. Like it's very good. It's got lumbar support. And that's how I know I'm old is because I care about the lumbar sport. There you go. So, <laughs> and congratulations. Like say, you all just listened to our first ad and we weren't yeah. even paid for it. And yeah, we're not paid for it. <laughs> we're not associated with Secret Labs at all. So uh, just want to throw that out there. I just got this chair like two days ago and I love it. It is so good. And I'd also like to say, you know, it's 2021, new year, new me, got the mustache. So just deal with it. I know it's going to scare away a lot of our viewers, but, you know, got to do it. Got to love the mustache. It's my way of sticking it to the man because I'm not allowed to have a beard. So this is all I can have. <laughs> Is that a military role? Yeah, mil- military. Can I have a beard so I could I could have a mustache. Just can't have the beard. All right. All but, right, Greg. Well, uh, what do we got lined up for next week? What's our theme? So we're going to specifically, we're going to talk about some pets, but more specifically, we're going to talk about dogs. 
Yes. So we're going to actually have a guest on our show next week as well. It's going to be our friend Claire and she has her dog Cooper that is going to be joining us. And with that, I'm going to be discussing George Clinton's Atomic Dog. Not a very uh, in-depth song, but man, that, that's a wild music video. So make sure you check that out. And Matt, what do you have? We're going to do, it's called, uh, the song is called It's Just a Dog by Mo Pitney. Now I'll tell you, when you listen to this song, it is a country song. It is a tearjerker, but I love the song. It really gets at the heart of, you know, man's best friend and that whole concept. So give it a listen. Great song. Uh, I think Claire, we're actually going to try to do three songs. We're going to have to move quickly. Uh, but Claire is going to try to talk about who let the dogs out. Because how can you do an episode about dogs and not talk about who let the dogs out? I think we'll be able to get through it. They're, they're not super <laughs> in-depth with, uh, with the meanings and everything other than, hey, it's about dogs. So, all right. Well, uh, till next time, be sure to, to hit subscribe wherever you listen. And, uh, yeah, have a great week. Take Bye, care. Bye, everybody.